Armani track. There goes your uh, theme music right there. Everybody, my name is MC Armani Rang. You are back to Roti and Poutine. Thank you for joining the chat. You are here live and direct with the T.R.A.C. The historian himself, MC Bubba. And we have a very, very special Bobby. guest here tonight. Bobby. The Queen Bee herself, head honcho at Play Me Records, and my very our very good friend, the wonderful Reed Speed. How you doing? What's up, y'all? I am fantastic. How's it going? Oh, it's been good. It's been good on my side, right? It's yeah, been yeah. an interesting day. It's been a day I, uh, of uh, running errands and troubleshooting. Yeah, you know, I, I survived about a good four days of no power. Oh, Three, yeah. Oh, tell us yeah. about that. So yeah, come on, know. fill us in. Oh, man. I, once upon a time, there was light and it disappeared. We didn't know what was <laughs> going on. We knew that everybody else didn't have power, but we felt privileged to have power. And then about two days or three days later, smash. And oh. what, what prompted this outage of power? The transformer down the block blew. It caught oh. fire for no reason. I'm guessing they must have just tried to oversurge that transformer and it just said to hell now. So, yeah, we went four days. We weren't long know how long, but we were happy they came. And uh, the sad part about that is that we probably still got power before a lot of other people in the area. So, um, you know, it was an interesting couple of days. We weren't... You know, th- yo, shouts to everybody behind the scenes that was looking out for us. Al Boogie, of course, Lady Jungle, y'all was y'all, we all was looking out for each other in the middle of that. So, uh, you know, that's my story. Yeah, and, uh, I completely forgot it happened. Sorry. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> oh, it's that's my tears are meant for me, Amani. My tears. <laughs> Reed, how you been? How's your? <laughs> you know, we normally ask uh, how your quarantine's been, but it's been like five months now. You said. <laughs> to your quarantine like are you starting to enjoy <laughs> the, the predicament we've been placed in um no i'm not enjoying it but um i did i started um i got a big boy job at the end of the year last year the big first boy time job. I had a real job like my last real job was like working at breaking science and uh-huh. now, uh, now i work at apple I work for Apple. I don't know. I don't know. It's a weird like thing, but I'm part of a team that is. Um, we are monetizing DJ mixes for streaming the Ooh. right way for the first time in history. So it's a fucking really awesome project to be a part of. Wow. That, mm. uh, one, I love Apple. So there's, you know, no, no slack here. And I two, just got an Apple pencil today. Yeah, nice. He's trying to draw. I said that. I'm not like trying to draw. Yeah, I can draw. I apologize. That was. God, I swear I didn't mean it to guys, come off. Guys, the like show this. just started. No, no, Please. Ryan's a fantastic artist, and I didn't mean to make it sound like that. That's my bad. As soon as it came out, I was like, that wasn't right. Anyway, forget Valiant. <laughs> can you talk? Can you talk more about this, or is this uh, is this top secret business for now? Um, some of it is top secret. Okay. I may be able to talk a little bit about it, but it's basically, you know, like that's. That's been a goal of mine as long as I've been a DJ is for to find a way to get the people paid for a DJ mix. Like, and the fact that I'm getting to do that is pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah, you you have been. I gotta, you know what? We'll get into that more later. But it, we, let it we, be known we that give you your flowers tonight. Yeah, we can confirm that you've been on yeah. this mission for a very long time <clears> for so many, and that's super fire. But Valiant, right. how's your week been? Let, let's get before we 
not stop talking to you. Uh, man, our, our old dog's just falling apart, so it's been kind of a dog health struggle at the house. Oh, so. yeah, yeah, that's yeah man, it's kind of rough. Like the, the Mastiff, uh, Isla, she is on chemo, and she's oh. currently not eating. Um, okay. So forcing her meds down, she's got low white cell count, oh. which means basically what that means is that we're worried that the lymphoma is uh, making it so that her marrow cannot produce white cells leads to infection and she's old and you know it's just like whatever anyway my in-laws are paying for a treatment it's just one of those things i feel bad for people that can't afford that kind of treatment for the dogs or their or their cats and then they have to put their their animals down and i've been there before and it's very very sad but anyway do you give the dog cbd ah that has actually come up in the past couple of days like should we give her cbd so I, I think we may try that if she's not eating tomorrow she has an appetite an appetite stimulant from the vet um, but uh, we're thinking about trying that out just just to see what happens. It so. kind of can work. I had a cat that had cancerous tumors, and um, giving it to her to eat and putting it on the tumors like noticeably shrunk the tumors by a lot. As long as we did it, hmm. the tumors like actually completely disappeared at one point. It was just like eventually she got too old and she right. couldn't fight it off anymore. But it definitely. Um, I think increase the quality of her life at the end of her life, like allow her more. That is exactly what you want. And yeah. And then uh, our Chihuahua, who, by the way, is come here, you. Here we go. Right there. Oh God! Hey, look at that. <laughs> Wait, where'd it go? Oh, you want to see more? Yeah, All right. you can so just this, like is, this is Layla. She's half asleep. Hey. So she's old. She's fifteen. Look at that. Oh. Yeah, I know she doesn't have teeth, and that's she doesn't really have any teeth at all, actually. Anyway, she has had uh, like her third kind of seizure in the past few months, and when she has a seizure, it like lasts a few hours. Or it's not like a typical seizure. I'm thinking maybe it's somehow related to her regular heartbeat. It's depriving the oxygen of the brain. I don't know. Anyway, she's real old. She's falling asleep right now. Uh, like, what are you doing, man? Get to work. <laughs> anyway, she's uh, she's doing okay though. But it's just you know we're always a little bit worried about her. Um, but you know, other than that, other than that, things have been kind of all right. All right. You know, just been one of those weeks, a little bit crazy. But I have uh, equally as sad. Uh, my kids were gone for the past month, and they're home now, so there's no more vacation. Ooh. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm, just kidding. <laughs> I'm happy to take them. I went to Virginia. Fuck your kids. <laughs> went to Virginia. We spent a couple days up there with the in-laws. Man, had a blast. Got an Airbnb away from everybody else. You know, it was like super hyper clean the place when we got back in. It was clean when we got there. We cleaned it again. Uh, just spent the weekend. It was good. Kids are back home, uh, back on the grind. You know, but we yeah. here today. I've had some doctor things, uh, which we will address at some point. Uh, some the next point. couple of weeks will be a, a little different, but we still got some dope stuff lined up. But since we on the yes, pet thing, do. Uh, do you mind if I ask? Because I know a lot of people want to know. Reed. <laughs> and I hate to talk in this weird radio voice that I'm doing right now. <laughs> I was laughing about that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is? It's because I switched this whole system. It's not as loud as normal, so I'm just trying to not yell at y'all. So I'm doing this like real... You know, quiet storm voice. Anyway, so your love for cats, it's in everything you do. And I'm sure people have asked you before, but I would like the inside scoop as the friend homie, John. Like, what's that about? What's that about? Or is it just you love cats and that's all it is? I mean, I love all animals, um, but cats are just kind of superior because they... um, 
they don't really want anything from you. Like they want you to feed them and like clean their shit. But other than that, like they don't, they don't require anything of you. Right. So I find that to be superior that they somehow like whipped humanity. In the immortal words of Robert De Niro, oh, oh, into doing there their bidding. What? You froze there for a minute. I'm, I'm get, you know, if we were trying yeah, to you, you all froze too. That was weird. Wait, oh, we, uh, nobody frozen screen. That's nice. All right. Uh, anyway, I was gonna, I was gonna say in the immortal words of Robert De Niro, uh, from your parents, uh, cats don't sell out the way dogs do. <laughs> I'm a dog person. So all this is kind of like I, I know I'm a dog person, but I have had cats as well. I would love uh, to have a dog. I just don't want to like have to do all the things required. It's a lot. It's having another child for sure. There's no. I mean, I don't have any children, so I'm free, free of care. <laughs> I, it would definitely be like having a third child if we picked up a, a dog for sure. There's, there's no doubt about that. Like, I, I feel like dogs are just like children that never grow up. No. no and then they, they become old, and then they become old people. And they go right from being baby <laughs> to people, and they skip yeah. the part where you can have conversations with them. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, quick question: We got to go before we. Figure, my bad, track was you about to ask the question. I'm no, I didn't want to say that I'm allergic to pets, but so just carry on. Oh wow, on. you can't have pets. You're bitter. Well, I had pets, but yeah, we'll just. No, yeah, I want to know. Are you upset about it? It seems no, like I'm you're not upset, upset about, about it. it. You I had, I had, I he had, does I, sound like he feels. I had a couple of. Uh, I had a couple of really close pets in my life for sure. You know, oh. track had moments with pets, but <laughs> I had to. Uh, you know, we all moved on. That's uh, what to say. I don't play to... the violin, please. Yeah, don't no, I felt like I hit a button. I, I apologize. Uh, <laughs> Look, track loves animals. Valiant can draw. We're moving on. Hey, uh, <laughs> what's your? Uh, I feel like we need to get all these really weird questions out of the way. They're not weird to us. They're only weird to you because you're sitting here for yeah, the first time. Yeah, because this is your first time. Here, right. So we, and, you know. and when else to get out that, then we can talk like normal people like I haven't known you for literally 20 years. Uh, if you had, are you sitting on a bouncy ball? Yeah, on a yoga ball. Sick. Yeah, I know it's kind of annoying, but it's like very soothing to me. No, you're good. My daughter, my, we all. I get it. Yeah. I, rock. I just made sure like if you had to pee. I just got one down. downstairs somewhere. Or, anyway, so what would be your bucket list food? Because the show's roti and poutine. Roti and poutine. So what would be if you had to go tomorrow and you were like, "This is my last." What does meal? Reed Speed like to eat? What is wow. what is my the last cat lady? meal? Would probably be French fries and a chocolate malted milkshake. That's, that's it. it? That's, Not that's I, it. I don't mean to downplay it. I'm sorry. I mean, just, fr- I, just I French fries. If I wasn't trying to keep myself alive and I was gonna well, die, I'll, I'll, no, 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 no. Like this is it. Like you want the wait, last. Wait. Wait, this yeah. is hold on. This is a deceivingly complex answer. Right. Fries from where? Ooh. Damn, go. we going in. That's the important uh-huh. part. We're trying to figure out the taste. You know? I mean, fries from Del Taco are very different than fries from McDonald's. No, well, I don't really fucks with chain restaurants, but I can't really say I have a favorite like fry vendor. Mm. Um, but I like shoestring. I don't like thick ass fries. I don't like. Fucking seasoned ass Wait, fries, when, fries. When you say shoestring, you mean like those real thin strands? They gotta be crispy on the outside and mushy fried potato on the inside. Right, right, right. And like okay. properly okay. salted. And properly like McDonald's. Important. I do like seasoned fries, though. I'm not gonna lie to you. I like sweet potato fries, too. So Sweet potato fries are okay, but they would not be on my bucket list. If I was dying right. tomorrow, they would have to be regular. Fair enough. Yeah, fries and milkshake. Potato all day. 
What type malted, of milk? Ooh, what type of milkshake? Chocolate malted. Chocolate malted. Ooh, see, chocolate malted. Okay. okay. From that's where? Like childhood. That, that's like all I ever wanted as a child, and I was so rarely allowed to have. Oh. I was denied uh, sugar as a child. My mom, like, denied me fucking sugar. She mm, went on that crazy mm-hmm. diet where you, like, cut everything out of your life. Yeah. And I My mom did that for a couple years. I know, I know that pain. I did not eat anything at that time. So, basically, I just didn't eat for, like, a year and a half. I ate, like, cereal and maybe, like, one and a half meals a day. And, yeah, what what good did that do? None. Yeah, no, I, I'm the I'm the same exact way. I didn't have any teeth problems until I became an adult and left the house. <laughs> it was just like sugar everywhere because I was like, but that's it's mine. Like I can a, do what I want." <laughs> yeah, that's that's an explosion. It sounds like really right once you yeah, get yeah, out of yeah. get become a, of adolescence. You're like, that oh, was this really like the about. only point of moving out. I was just like, this is it. <laughs> "I need to eat what I want to eat." I need sugar. Yeah, otherwise moving out, mom. Cream, for sure. What's this thing called? Sugar. God damn it! <laughs> it was just <laughs> Mountain Dew for years. So just French fries and the milkshake? No, like burger or anything to go with that. Just the fries. It was the end of the world type. No, I'm not blaming you. That's cool. Like Valiant doesn't believe you is pretty much what he's saying. To be right? fair, no, no, I, I will have dip. Fries. I will dip a Wendy's fry in a frosty. So I get it. Absolutely. Yeah. I, See, I had you just French fries for dinner a couple of weeks ago. So I, I get that. Oh, too you much. No track. Track doesn't know Reed. No fries and frosties, please. You I don't do that bogey. either, but I, like I, get, all juice. I get the appeal. Awesome, like proper gravy, like poutine, of course. Bogey. Like I can't say I think poutine is one of the greatest culinary okay. disasters of all time. Oh, oh, it is so wrong. Oh lord! It takes wrong. everything lord. I like about fries and ruins it. It makes them mushy and covered in shit. I don't want anything to do with the worst like, part like, of cheese. Some fucking gravy. Get the hell out of here. Y'all just mentioned Frosties and fries. Yo, you bugging. Don't start with that. You wrong. Let me check the chat. How y'all feel about that? Frosties Frosties and fries. If you ain't on the Wendy's, get you. there's no point to go to Wendy's if you haven't been doing the fries and Frosties. You slipping. <laughs> you are slipping. That's like no, Chick-fil-A no, dipping the fries no. in the uh, Polynesian no. sauce. You got you to gotta be different, man. No. It's all that's about fries like and my, McDonald's uh, barbecue sauce. That's what you dip the fries in. That's that. What's the? Why is that any different from Polynesian sauce? I don't even know because I've never had a Polynesian sauce, so I don't know. I don't support Chick Fil A and their right wing agenda. Actually, yeah, I don't. I, actually, I didn't have. A, I did not have a Chick Fil A near me growing yeah, up, so I, I don't know. <laughs> it's convenient <laughs> activism. And it was no, no, I'm, I would not. I would not support them anyway now, knowing what I know. But I've never actually lived near a Chick-fil-A. Like, I, I have I to give the Atlanta disclaimer, you know what I'm saying, for the many people okay. and the lovely people who work at Chick-fil-A, we cannot blame them for the for the boss being an asshole. You know what I'm no, saying? They're, can't they're, blame them. But their right. boss is an asshole, and he sucks. Facts. Yes. <clears throat> Absolutely. I'm sorry to take it there. Anyway, when this is all over, we'll get you yourself a fry and a frosty, and we'll come back and talk <laughs> this about is this next fries week. and frosty. All right. We got that down. I understand, okay? I absolutely understand, okay? For real. For real. No, I need you to do it, though. This is... We're not going to finish the show until you agree. <laughs> have you guys... Spit, but... ATL like that stuff, man. Come on. I don't know. Have you... By the way, I, I've just caught this the past couple of days. We get shit late in Canada, so... Um, have you guys seen the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup commercials that are like ASMR? It's like the sound of the paper being peeled from the chocolate and shit. Oh, really? like, that's all it is. That's all the commercial is. And then like, like, 
Yeah, it's and it's funny because my wife, she you know, she watches ASMR videos to relax, and and I was like, this is like some ASMR stuff, like ultra sensitive microphones, and all you hear is just like the paper peeled away from the chocolate, oh, and like the sound of like biting it. It's just like it's 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 weird. That's a whole but, topic. The AS that a whole ASMR yeah, thing. Wanna, it's a whole another that situation. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty. Sound so, porn, pretty much. Yeah, but yeah. Congratulations on your BBC mix. Thank yes. you. Thank very, you. Very, very excited well. for you. You know Watch what I mean? Renee looking out. All the yeah. tears. All the tears. Yeah. How did it feel? Uh, I was so emotional. I literally cried while it was happening. Drum <laughs> and bass like, gives me all the feels on so many levels, from like the good ones to the bad ones. And it's just like, I don't know. It was fucking crazy just to be like, oh, it took 25 years to get there. Ah, <laughs> but you got ah, there, and that's fine. But you were there, exactly. The story I mean, is written. I was on BBC before, but there wasn't drum and bass mixes. Like, to crack the drum and bass was, like, the real one. That, yes, absolutely. It, it, it yeah, does. There's absolutely. no, there's no <clears throat> deserving more. Like, the second that yes. popped up. When you were teasing it, I was like, what is she hiding? <laughs> but then when you finally dropped the news, I was like, hell yeah, yo, finally. Like, that's dope. Hey, shout out Soul Electrics for uh, following. We appreciate that. Peace, uh, peace. But yeah, that was like, that was a big moment. And I know that was special to you. And like we said, we was... give you flowers all day. Um, and, you know, we don't like to say just as a woman, but I know that's a big thing. You've been pushing the envelope for a very long time. I've known you for 20 years. Um, I'm, I'm... More than that. Yeah. What, 22? 22 years. Like, we put, 20, put, put two more on it, please. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you've been at the forefront of everything, not just for yourself, but bringing up people under you from Man. like drum and bass, letting people on. The right people on. Let me tell you, uh, Reed is one of those people who will pull your mic cord if you suck. Uh, <laughs> 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 she, she took no shit from nobody. Um, uh, it was great. People come up to me like, yo, man, she told me not to rap. I was like, she never told me that. So I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Maybe you should do something about that. Oh. really but, were mad at me for so long. When I first moved to LA, all of the MCs here hated me. They were like, she is the biggest fucking bitch. And I would just tell them, I'd be like, yo, you are not even booked for this. Like, what? <laughs> just get up here and, like, do this shit. Yep. Like, you think I would go up to, like, Bulky and be like, yo, man. Go, can I play a record? record bag. I got next. Let me get on there. <laughs> like, what? Yo, move over, Goldie. Move over. <laughs> yo, that shit yeah. used to be so. People walk up to me like, yo, man, she said we can't MC. I'm like, yeah, I knew that before you went up there. <laughs> I don't know. And there was a time, too. Uh, random because here we go on some French shit. There was a time you had an ear problem too, and like the mic would be coming through the speakers. Oh, god, and at that, that point, you didn't want to talk to anyone. Incident. This was a real thing that happened one night at Direct Drive. I hate to have to bring this up, but you just brought it up. I'm sorry. Um, TC Islam, the worst. Oh, god. The worst. I couldn't <laughs> him being on my sets, and I asked him. Week in and week out, please do not get on my set. He would disrespect me. He would get on the set anyway. I asked Cliff, please don't let him get on the mic. Cliff would disrespect me. He would let him get on the mic. He'd be like, oh, oh, he's my boy. He's my boy. I'm like, I don't care. He fucking <laughs> He's terrible and he's ruining my set. And this he got so tough. angry at me one night that 
he I unplugged the mic because he was disrespecting me. And he went and plugged it back in and pointed it at the speaker and made feedback oh. and caused my eardrum to like pop. I lost my balance. I had to go to the hospital. What venue was that? That was at Backtune. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I had to go. I did not mean to strike this chord. Four months straight in all of life. I couldn't even play shows. Like, I wasn't sure that I'd get my hearing back. Thankfully, I did. But it was like, dude, what? how disrespectful. And I, it's like, I hate to talk bad about him, but, like, he was so disrespectful. Oh, I'm sure well, he has plenty stories there's out. There's a lot of... Uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah, know. Stories, <laughs> if I, didn't, so I didn't know that's where this or originated from, or I definitely wouldn't have. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 is the th that was one of the reasons why after that, I was even more of an asshole about it. I was just like, no, I'm not. I will not right. have any... Like, right. if you can ask me, you are totally welcome to ask me if you can mm -hmm. do this. And if you respectfully ask me, I will be like, cool, do an intro at the beginning. Come on every 10, 15 minutes, hype up the crowd. We're good. If you're going to be like Mamity Mamity Boeing, we're going to have problems. Mamity Mamity. And people don't Mamity, remember Mamity, too. Mamity Boeing. Uh, it's good. Hey, there it's good go. to have MC you Reed on. Speed in the house, y'all. Let's get it. Bars. Rapid Talk is back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's good too is like, and I've, I keep forgetting to bring shit up like this with the other people we have on, but like people don't know, man, we were in the trenches. Like we were warehouse parties back in the day. Like we, before everything was all clubs and glitter and gold and, and fancy sound systems and everything like there was time. I don't know about I don't know about fancy. Hold on, <laughs> yeah, it was fancy. It was a bit fancy, like from ninety six, ninety seven on to. About uh, yeah, it was. No, it was We had club love. We had fun. We had uh, what do we have? Yeah. Right, in right. Buffalo, we had a couple of decent, decent sound systems. We, we had, had like couple, Central but... Fly, and they didn't play drum and bass there. They played That's drum true. and bass at Twilo like five times, and that wasn't even fancy. That was just like a mainstream club. Yeah, that was just a mainstream club. But you know, I, I mean, I saw some big speakers in my time that looked look, a little. Don't you know, look. Just, just, it's <laughs> messed up when the drum and bass can be. It, you know when I mean? American drum and bass clubs were so grimy that we were like, I mean, it was fancy. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Compared it's to all right. else, I mean, it'll, it would have worked. I'm not wrapping like, in a pair of headphones. Be like, track, you done did too many bookum shows, bro. Chill out. <laughs> Have you guys ever, ever emceed into a pair of headphones, though? Oh, standard. All the time. Every For real? I think I've done it with serious? Green one time at Concrete. I've never wait, done wait, it. Wait, wait, wait. You've never emceed in a pair of headphones? Nope. I, I bought, uh, th here's the thing. For re on the real, as soon as I started emceeing, I bought a microphone. And I, and I couldn't emcee at all. I mean, you know, I couldn't emcee at all, really. I'm saying, like, I started, like, on the radio, and then I bought a microphone, like, two weeks later. Bro, Reed, tell him we was in trenches. Like, you'd show we up. trenches. We had, like, the turntables were set up on, like, some cinder blocks and some shit, and there, it was, like, always the eighth room. And yep. they'd always be like, oh, here's a fucking broom closet for your drum and bass with your Oh, I remember that. Yep. And then you go in the main room, and it's, like trance and they have like all the subs and you go in the drum and bass room and it's like one broken speaker and that's speaker. the whole sound system and farting all over the place <laughs> they used to do us wrong all the time yeah, bro and then they'd be yeah, like yo you want to get on the mic like i'm not booked there's no mic here what are we doing i got a headphone like all right i guess this is what we doing <laughs> you'd be like yo so where is the stage and they go yo this is the stage oh yeah. and this is here no okay <laughs> 
Look, we had all that too. All I'm saying is that I always had a microphone. All right, well, you was fancy. Yo, well, you was prepared. The scene was more evolved. Yes, for Toronto is always. No, no, no. This isn't Buffalo. It's crazy right, Stone right. Age. But I'd refuse Still. to be Stone no, Age. No, I'm just kidding, Buffalo. No, you're just not old enough. That's all. Oh, no. around. I might be the oldest one here. Maybe. We're not going to have that one. like, we wait a minute. Let's see. We can talk after. So, anyway, so moving on. Play me records. How long is that? <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of play me, though, like for real, like, um, and I can speak to this personally because I always found it a pleasure whenever you invited me to join whatever young artist you were bringing up on play me. Like you have been at the forefront of of bringing up people through that label and and it was always a big deal for me to collab with new artists too like i wasn't always chasing the whatever it was like yo this new kid sounds fire let's make a fucking beat like he did it and you'd come off with some sick shit we made videos together like we've made we've made a lot of good tunes together um from literally every genre on the goddamn planet like Absolutely. uh 10 years uh, long time yeah uh how did play me start um, I don't know if you guys remember Subsonic, Mark Subsonic, yeah, like yeah. a bass producer from Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, he had a label called Subsonic Sound, and his distributor, uh, Symphonic Distribution, asked him if he would like to do a mm, other genre label, and he didn't like any other genre, so he hit me up and asked if I wanted to do all the A&R, and he would do all the business side of it. And after one release, he started fucking with me and trying to tell me what we needed to put out. And then he got mad at me because I was arguing with him and was trying to hold my ground and be like, no, we're not going to put out this trash. You told me you don't like Electro House. Like, I'm not going to listen to your bullshit. Oh, God. And then he stopped talking to me. So we were getting and back then. If you didn't make a certain amount of Beatport sales per quarter, your label would get dropped from Beatport. Oh. So I hit Symphonic up and I said, hey, Mark has not responded to me in like a month because he's mad because he wanted to sign some bullshit and they were like yo real talk we don't like him either he totally <laughs> and i was like oh i'm so sorry and they were like yeah we'll just switch the label over to you and they did and so since then it's been ours and mark and i we're cool like he doesn't i think he regrets not sticking with it because we ended up being very profitable and he would have like made money off of it but okay. he really understood that he was being an asshole and didn't fault me for doing what i did <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't wait to get you because <laughs> like you, I love. So how play you know, me too started. Naming names, I love yeah, it. Just, <laughs> you say what I say, you know what you was getting into. <laughs> you know, a lot of shit. But you know, we had some good releases at the very beginning. We had it was like the Be Rich. I had this Be Rich remix lined up. That, yeah, uh, shout out Castle. That song called Leaving from Mars, and that like once that song like hit on Beatport and got in like the top ten or whatever, and like from that point we had like the best run of like at the time of early. I don't want to say dubstep because I'm gonna offend people who. No, think, no, no! Like, you can say whatever it is. Not arguing like that American yeah. bro step is roots right. dubstep. Like not saying that we, that's a whole other conversation, but. For North Americans, dubstep sound, we really like put on, we like were one of the big top like three labels doing Thanks. that sound when it started. Absolutely. We like helped make this whole thing explode and it was really amazing to have been a part of that and see so much of it just. Yeah. 
How many artists uh, have been through Play Me at that time? I think you were, you're like responsible for a lot of come-ups right now. I mean, by now it's been over 400, but back then. <laughs> well, boy, I should have asked the question a little bit better than I guess now, but uh, 400, but regardless of that. Name that number all. itself, well, it's just a, you know, a lot of people knew and the brand was branded and a lot of cats were looking for the beginnings and a lot of cats became bigger artists, even like, I guess, after play me and all that so oh, like, yeah. you played so a, a heavy conduit Huge. towards you know a heavy 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 conduit to uh that but uh so play me too is is the subsidiary to play me right am i bugging yeah no we we got play me too when play me became very successful Beatport offered us a direct deal which at the time in 2010 was like a huge thing that everyone wanted that you couldn't just get a direct deal with Beatport because it meant you got a better percentage of royalties than everyone okay. else so they offered us a, a direct deal with them. So that's why we created Play Me Too. And then after a certain amount of time, we shifted the focus once Beatport stopped having doing that as a thing and we put everything under Symphonic, we shifted it so that it's like the newer artists come up and Play Me Too and then they graduate to Play Me and it's more established artists now on Play Me. Nice. So that's how it's, it is now. Gang wow. gang. Wow. Gang gang is what we're saying. Good times, good times. We're still doing. We do our release every week, like still to this day. Yeah, facts. Well, and, and good I, release too. I uh, asked Twelve Planet this, so I'm actually the same thing. Oh, here we go. It's uh -oh. hey, we we here, man. Uh, but uh, what exactly is Dubstep today in 2020? Dubstep in 2020. It's such a. It's it's. I you mean, know, it's, it's geographically where you're located. How you're gonna answer that? Like Thanks. for me personally, well, you're an east to west person, right? You know, no, no, but I mean, like in Europe, I don't know what it means in, in okay. Europe. I'm not sure if, like, the whole the sound that is original dubstep, what two step, like boring two step became dubstep, became whatever, like. That's one thing. What American dubstep is now today is like a mashup of like rhythm and bro step and weird where all the bass music genres are like meeting at 150 to 160 beats per minute and being like, we're going to experiment as fuck. Like, <laughs> everything. like it's just like a, an, an EDM umbrella thing. Yeah, uh, let's let's let's, re let's rephrase this question because okay, okay, because okay. uh, no, I got sugar back no, saying fast dubstep now. You see no, it, right? It's, it's always funny. We laugh when because yeah. T asks this question because he's so completely removed from the dubstep scene, like all absolutely yeah. um, unapologetic. It's all right. Yeah, right. no, it's fine. It's what I don't even know what that was supposed to be. Yeah, hold on, anyway. we not you know, it's but, a music uh, show, guys. We got to show love to all genres, please. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, it's good for you to have this combo because this is going to lead into a couple combos I, I, I definitely wanted to poke from you. But you've been around since the dawn of, of American drum and bass. You've Ooh. seen the changeover to dubstep and you have navigated both worlds. Um, first question I have to ask is what do you think was the catalyst for the drum and bass, for the dubstep explosion mm. uh, in the US in the US specifically oh, that's such a good I love that question because that helps sort of like define these things for people who don't really understand the history um, 
in the US, we had a lot of producers who were producing drum and bass. And we were getting no fucking love from the UK and other Yeah. Nobody wanted to fuck with us. And a lot of producers like 12th Planet and Kill the Noise and people who were really dope were getting no love. And they were like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm spending all my time and making all these tunes. These fucking assholes sign my tunes. They don't pay me. They don't do anything. They don't put the tune out. We're getting dicked around eight ways to Sunday. So fuck this genre. Let's go make this easy ass shit that is so simple to make. We already can engineer light years ahead of this. We can just take everything we know and put it into this little 140 format and boom. That's how dubstep in the US was really became a thing of critical mass. Because prior to that, dubstep had a nice underground following the same way that drum and bass and breakbeats and all these other things had its own little niche underground following. But it yeah. did not have what it took, like Roots dubstep, the Scream Benga type of shit, did okay. not have anything that was ever going to appeal to a mass audience of Americans. Because Americans like fucking rock music and hip hop, and they don't understand like dub music a- as a mass population in the way that people who are raised in England, like dub and like Jamaican music is a huge part of just the regular culture, even for like white people. It, people mm-hmm. It's known. It's a known quantity. Like, it's not right. like that here. So, yeah. Yeah, it was. It's it's funny because as as big as those sounds can be and and are, it's not ingrained in the pop side of things. While American dubstep uh, translated in a pop way, um, and it's funny because I always, it's, you're literally repeating everything I've already said a million times. But what's funny is what they did to dubstep is what we were trying to do to drum and bass. The difference between dubstep and drum and bass is the simple fact that I feel dubstep took a bit of a more commercial route drum and bass was never willing to do. And I know you're itching at the bit to comment on this part of my question because you and I unfortunately differ in this one small part because, and it's good because as passionately as you talk about both forms, um, it can set the set the the baseline and the foundation for the fact that you also believe drum and bass shouldn't be fucked with as it is right now. Correct. Was that uh, a question for me? Yes, no. you don't believe. I think the things that should that would make drum and bass more acceptable here would probably be taking it to a more commercial route that Depstep kind of took without. I'm not going to bash it. Oh, yeah. I don't want that to happen to drum and bass. I never want to see that happen to drum and bass. Because what happened is like all the assholes that only care about money and are like parasites of the scene, like manager types, moved in and made a market out of this thing. Like the disillusioned metal kids and hot topic kids who didn't have, want to like identify with that, they sold them dubstep. Do I want someone to sell drum and bass to those people or some? No, definitely not. I don't think that would be the right way to go. Drum and bass is like a very special thing where it's For it sure. takes it takes a, a level of it, you cannot passively consume drum and bass in the same no. way. And and I don't like rhythm in itself and all of the hard dubstep. It's a little harder to get, but it's still that commercial like rock hip hop beat. It's like the same it's very similar. Like the fastness is what sets it apart. Like the tempo of it being slower, it's the, like, uh, you like put that it, all there. It's like seeing the matrix. That's how I can uh, look at it because there's so much going on and how they all connect. Some things are moving fast. Some things are moving slow. Some things find a way. It, it has its own glide. 
that is in a sense hip hop, if I could say, but like it just has the, the originality of it. It's, it's immense, so to say. I think it's actually uh, more funner than, uh, and in some respects, to hip hop, simply because of the speed and and where it goes and and the rules broken, you know, which is everything again back to hip hop. Pardon me all, for all the hip hop things, but I'm just no, saying, no. I mean, that's we. You know. I mean, we tie all things right. together at the same time. Right. I mean, look at the end of the day, like um, we considered drum and bass and acquired taste we all knew that from jump street like we there's the parts of the science that's why i never i play i play drum and bass with people and they're like we've had this joke too that i play drum and bass with people and they're like man it's just the same thing over and over and i'm like dude there's like 85 patterns i could explain to you in the last 10 seconds like that yeah. but they don't they don't they don't techno show yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just like they right, go the t word the t words so, so it's funny like even even um even dubstep from early dubstep to the newer dubstep there's a science behind that some people just will never understand you know what i mean like there's there's things i loved about drum and bass and bass music in general that i heard in some things in hip-hop that people never really that's why i like the master aces and why i put 15s in the trunk of everything i fucking owned it's you know i'm saying there's a there's a thing there that drew us to it and when i found these other forms of underground music i was drawn to them because of that drum and bass obviously took it to a whole nother science literally scientifically level for me it's like uh it's almost like uh how rappers can't listen to to raps normal like normal people can like we overanalyze <laughs> everything you know what i'm saying it's like i can't just enjoy a fucking tune i have to over right. that's what drum bass did it was like unlocking a whole fucking world of shit like oh wow so of course when you went and made dubstep you could just it was just taking those things but even early dubstep the bangers the screams right. were doing that too they're just they're bastard childs of, of drum and bass as well you know what yep. i'm saying so, yeah and garage and like dub and, and all like they were doing awesome like what they were doing was amazing and super unique and just like it, we don't have the cultural bedrock for that to have become as big as what bro step how skrillex was the one it took a fucking ex emo rock singer dude making bro step to get all these kids to like really fucks with it and and he he had to go to noisia that's like his the fucking thing that people don't like connect the dots with is like when Skrillex wanted to learn how to be Skrillex, he had all this money and all this time and this label and he knew that Noisia was the best and he learned from Noisia. He went to Noisia and learned how to fucking sound design like a motherfucker. Ah, so, in so the my beginning. So my question still is, <laughs> do you think there's room for both? That's all I'm saying. Absolutely. There's room for everything. Not, not, no, 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 no. Not dubstep and drone bass. We know that there's room for both, especially you and I. We dabble, and there is no line for us. I, I couldn't, and I'll scream. Are you saying there's room for pop drum and bass and just regular underground? Drum I don't want to call it pop. The net, pop and bass. <laughs> What's the name of that such one? a hard line. On YouTube I mean, dude, if you look at the United Kingdom, if you look at the way society regards drum and bass, it's like built into the cultural fabric. The same way that hip hop is like woven into our cultural fabric, it is like that there. So for yep. it to become something to that level where it could sustainably have both, it would require like a huge cultural paradigm shift to achieve mm. that. Yeah, absolutely. Have, absolutely. Fair enough. We don't have the musical education to to even we start. We didn't even like, care about the. Tried to do it here. After rock and roll, after rock and roll, we just said to hell with it. Maybe jazz carried on, but jazz eventually just became everything else. You know, I think after somebody wrote the fuck disco shirt, 
every music changed. You know what I mean? Uh, I think, I actually think, and no offense to any dubstep lovers, I sat down with some Grammy dudes at a big night, at a dubstep night, and listened to Grammy dudes say dubstep is the new rock and roll. And I swear to you, maybe two weeks later, nobody heard dubstep anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just like, whoa, so it's gone? You know, not to say not, it in a way like that. Definitely like, not gone. It's not right. gone at all. <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is that it just it just peaked and then it just kind of just fell right back down on some but like everything. I, everything I, I, I disagree with that, but go ahead. I man. disagree with that too. Like heavily. I was well. I don't. I I will say this. It there. Okay. So do you remember the initial dance music boom in the states about ninety five, ninety six, ninety seven? And there, the Crystal Method is real big. The Chemical Brothers were fucking huge. Yep. Like in the states, everyone was expecting that to be the thing. Like I'm talking like on MTV, on Top 40 Radio. We were getting a little bit of that in there. Okay, this, now that all kind of went downhill. Now that's not to say that all those acts can't draw a shitload of people at big parties and festivals and stuff. They do, but when you're talking about the general pop culture radar. There's a certain you got to make you got to get to a certain peak, and it felt like dubstep got to that, and then it just kind of dipped right back below it again. You're wrong. I don't think that dubstep has like gotten any smaller. I just think in terms of when you're talking about like the, the mass culture, mass pop culture in America, very little breaks into that radar screen, and I, I, I don't I, think I, that I don't I, think that dubstep is in exactly the same place as it was. I disagree, and the, the person who has a label can probably explain this better than I can. But I, mean, I, can, I, <laughs> I need to hear. Well, no, I know. mean, you make a fair point about like in the wider cultural whatever, like the 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 people who didn't like its interest in it has faded. I'll agree with that. But in terms of its actual fan base, it's only growing. I don't think that mm -hmm. any. Like it may have been dismissed by pop culture as the next big thing, but it hasn't actually, in the sense of EDM and ticket sales and genres across wherever things are happening, it's not getting smaller. Well, no, that's no. A, that was my point. Like, remember the or the, the first like dance music boom, like the the audiences didn't, didn't really shrink; they got bigger. The thing, but like, like I said, in the pop culture sense of everything, like what you see on TV, well, what you hear on Top Forty Radio, that that's a different, different. story. The, like the what happened in the late '90s, right after that, they came along with the fucking rave act and all this bullshit that like mm -hmm. culturally shut a lot of that right. down on that level. So I think that's where that kind of went away. Where yeah, it became really negative. It was like it had a moment because no one knew really what it was about, and then. Five minutes after they figured out what it was about, like all the conservatives were like, "We don't want our kids fucking with this," and then everyone was mad about it. Yeah, you know? I, I feel, I feel, hmm, it's really weird. So, like, I disagree with the pop culture thing because of the, the simple fact that uh, I feel like dubstep is ingrained in so much pop culture that maybe a lot of people aren't paying attention to. I feel like when yeah, like you talk pop culture, yeah, random car commercials. Right. When I feel like it's gotten so True. pop culture that it's completely embedded right now. Like it's not even a it's not even a thing anymore. I think yeah. not only that. I think um, dubstep has taken over has shown the festival festival market what it really could mm -hmm. be i think mm -hmm. they are a grand part of why festivals are 
fucking everywhere right now. Like it went from music, electronic music festivals, like here and there and pockets and like super big ones to now it's everywhere. And I believe dubstep had a good problem. I will say, I believe drum and bass has more of a culture in the long run, but dubstep is definitely already it's gone. It's, it's, well, doing, it's never going to get smaller than it is now. Well, is, right. This, well, this but what I'm saying though is like, yeah. how much are you? Gonna, how, what I'm saying is, how much are you going to see dubstep in top ten radio? I don't you think that's a lot. Uh, you hear it in uh, songs all right, the time. Right. Yeah. Like not. It's not labeled as dubstep. It's just right. the breakdown of a fucking Taylor Swift song. Okay. See, right. that's see right. now. Reed is touching what I was about to say is that there is a. This is why I asked what is twenty in twenty twenty what is dubstep. Because what I hear now is a, a mix of everything underground all in one. Just, uh, just, uh, uh, under a uh, dubstep uh, undertone. So right. Same way that would be like EDM. Right. You know, it's that like, would have right. never happened without drum and bass, though. Let's keep that on. A, let's keep it a buck. Yeah. Like, none of this would have happened without, without drum and bass. But that's right? only because of what the sound design brought to everything. Facts. It's crazy. And what's even cooler, too, is... Uh, to to put it in in more tangible terms, remember when the Roots put out uh, the song with Erica Badu? Yeah, technically yes. Jill Scott. Four hero, shout out to four hero. We know we talk about. <laughs> shout out my Philly crew. It was really Jill Scott. But anyway, when they put out that song, uh, you got me. And remember they played that little bit of drum and bass part at the end, which Shouts was Quest Love's dedication to drum and bass. Don't let anybody right. tell you fucking differently. He's he's yep. quoted it. Uh, remember how everybody did that and they were like, oh shit. Drumbeat it's going to be on, yeah. It's on. And, Let's go. and technically, to them, it didn't. You're saying the same thing about dubstep when it actually is doing that very thing. It's actually becoming the breakdown in a Taylor Swift song, uh, a very huge part of Billie Eilish's fucking career. Uh, it's literally very huge part of everything you see right now. And I'm, and none of that would have been possible without drum and bass. So the two things are, are tied together. I'm here. I'm here, Reed. You know what I'm we saying? Yeah. <laughs> I've been fighting this hybrid fight. Someone, I've been fighting a hybrid fight for a long on, time. Listen, man. listen. Someone brought up an interesting point in the chat. They just said dubstep and trap merge. I don't know if they merge, but how much do you think totally merge. that has created trap? Yeah. Well, hold on. Well, what I'm saying, well, which, festival on, trap. Speak. Hold on. Yeah, I was gonna say it depends on which okay. trap you're talking EDM about. Trap and trap trap are two different things. Right, we got right. water in here. Don't worry about what, it. What I'm saying is, how much do you think that that has led to the? Uh, uh, what I, I don't even really know what I'm looking for, but like the the way that that dubstep and I don't I hate calling it EDM I don't like that term, but dubstep and EDM and the way that its tendrils have wrapped its its way around kind of everything. How much do you think that like that festival trap has like played into it? It's um, uh, okay. When did uh, trap really begin? Which That's one? A good question. Yeah, trap like 2012. Yeah. 2012ish, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mostly heard in like, in, well, at least from my experience, mostly heard along the lines of where uh, dubstep parties were popping. You know, when we was doing weapons in the hall all the time. Let's keep it above. It was Atlanta. It was the DJ Nappies, the the, the heroes right. and villains now, uh, uh, the mayhems of the world. Um, shout out to all my Atlanta crew who were working at Grand Hustle and taking tra- and taking rap music. Wait, 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 wait. See? Let me, let me. So trap music then was really drug music. Right, like, like talking about being in a trap, and then trap turned into. Okay, so the, whoa, whoa, whoa. two things. One thing needs to be explained here first. I just need to. That's what I'm saying. Trap, trap is hip hop, period. 
There's right. no thing we are talking about. The Flosser Domuses and all that stuff of the world, that is EDM festival track. Okay. That is not a bad word. They are just two completely different things. You know what I'm saying? But it started from Heroes and Villains, DJ Nappy, like all the cats down here in Atlanta taking trap, hip hop trap rap beats okay. and placing it over dubstep until right. it manifested into what okay. it is. All right. You know what Good. I'm saying? So, you know, it ran Yeah, Atlanta I, I just needed it. I, <laughs> right. You know, T.I. had an album called Trap Music. And I'm like, well, is T.I. now calling him? He was calling himself the king of the trap. I'm not he, lying. He, and, it you still know, is. We can argue right. the T.I. GZ Gucci man thing, but, you know, that's for them right. to argue out right now. That's not for me to speak <laughs> on. Um, right. But as far as festival trap is concerned, you need to separate the two. All right. It originated because the reason why it became trap, even EDM trap, is because they were taking those beats, placing them over dubstep, and then those producers who also produce hip-hop and also produce drum and bass as well, uh, if you really want to get into it, um, Cyanide, gang gang, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, is is out there working with everybody and their mama right now. Say it was so is Mayhem. So all these cats were taking these sounds, and then once it became a thing, then they twisted it and made it a hip-hop thing, and then the lines became blurred basically the lines became blurred pretty much as yeah well. and then by putting all those like big room house sounds in it like brought the edm crowd fully into something that they would they had previously rejected yep hip-hop will find a way it's just an interesting part of time because uh i think uh you know what is it from Oh, let's say O's eight to about 2011, 20, almost 2013. I think you, you get a golden era of, of dubstep. You know, you had a lot of piping. Look, as a jungle is jumping into uh, a dubstep night on Friday and the limes are around the corner when, you know, we went to the weekly drum and bass joint, it was like two people in there. It was like music on steroids that I, I'd never experienced before, you know. So, uh, you know, big ups to, of course, dubstep cruel. See, that? See, I said something nice for Christ's sakes. And, um, <laughs> you know, you know, but just that that whole era was just so powerful and just so what it was that I was just a little bit, you know, people started, I guess it can't stay the same. Nothing ever stays the same. So when it started doing like what it's doing now, I wasn't sure if it was really what it, you know, was it still considered dubstep? Or was it still, was it something new that I need to catch? You remember Moobaton came out, uh, what, reggaeton? What, it was like by 20, I like footwork from Chicago, that's fire, but whatever, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah you, people gotta remember too, man, like a lot of that shit, look, it's all from, all these producers have, right. Especially in America, and I think that's why a lot of my arguments online back in the day were like, "Hey, yo, like we all came from somewhere else, so stop it." But whatever, like <laughs> uh, people don't realize how big um, Baltimore Club, Jersey Club, how much Ooh. influence all that shit had back in the day. Like people don't know Diplo was like killing Baltimore Club way back in the day. For anyone knew who he was, like he's from Philly. Like you know what I'm saying? Like all those fucking sounds. And shout out DJ Slink, fucking cats like G Buck who make that kind. Like yo, like all the. Here's the thing, and then I'll answer a question that might answer solidify your question of what is dubstep now. Because of someone who has spent his entire career 
um, hybrid gang and mashing any sound I can together. That's all that's happening now. It's all these kids, man, that are coming up making music are from fucking all over the place, and it's because of what we, the, the, the groundwork we laid. And they don't give a shit about genres or none of that Anything. shit. They're going to make whatever they want to make, and they're just doing it without question. Like, I know... F- Four, you know, I can name four people off the top of my head right now who can who have full projects of. Uh, told me that we played last hard night. style. Like they don't give a shit. It's yeah. just, you know. So what it is is a it's a complete blurred line, which is what we asked for because yeah. the lines were causing. How we got from where when I started raving, it was like ten different genres in one room. And then there was a chill out room where everything was presented as like, this is all the the headliners, whatever, to it becoming completely genrefied to the point where people were like, when when I started DJing, the fact that I played two-step in Speed Garage, people used to shit on me for that. They were like, this is trash. Why would you do that? Like, you weren't supposed to play multiple genres. If you were a junglist, like, you better only play jungle, right? Like, in just our lifetime of being involved in the scene now it's come all the way back around to now people make everything and do everything and people are just going in the opposite end of the spectrum where they're making like noise collage stuff and you know it's it's pretty nice it was different back in the states for us because a lot of the a lot of the pushback was to keep was to maintain the sanctity of it all and i understood that um but it, it was a contradicting force for us because we didn't come from that and anyone who pretended like they did we had a nice little chat on facebook back in the day because people were like oh you drum bass i'm like one you've never been to england they don't play stuff like this over there so stop lying two like um you were listening to something else before you got here so why are you mad that i'm the same so when we started blending shit it was just a natural progression of things we've been the mashup culture since 80s like that's and, that's yeah, you know what I mean? that's what we do like you know so when we started doing it was cool a lot of the uk cats got flack for it when they'd come over and do it because they knew that's what we were about and it was highly successful i mean i remember when delta heavy played a metalheads party and dropped some dubstep and almost got into a fight like it was just like, <laughs> it was like the worst possible thing you could do shit was fire you know and i was in the back like i mean <laughs> yeah, I, 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 remember, I remember a I story of, I think I was about to say, I remember a story of a, a popular DJ playing at like, I think Movement Festival, and he asked the crowd something like, do you want to hear some dubstep? And everybody said, no. <laughs> and he still played it, and people were mad about it for like a minute. Oh, like, oh, you room, didn't play that dubstep? I'm like, wow, what was going on? What did we miss here? You know? it, it, went be- it went both ways. <clears throat> people still give Diesel Boy shit, too, for his flirtations and dubstep mm. years back and just people it's weird man I, I don't know those same people probably are still mad that people don't play vinyl anymore <clears throat> that is a that's you a nice these people oh. in the comments on facebook <laughs> I, don't, so I, don't, I don't even I don't, let's, I don't even go there yeah. hey uh facebook so read let's let's uh switch it just to back let's just a little drum and bass-esque uh stateside politics stateside growth which is what i'm really talking about not politics but growth i feel like over the last couple of years people want to see more markets open up and uh i kind of want to ask you because you honestly are like one of the biggest heart uh and one of the strongest minded 
people some jump some new spaces or spread that culture here, uh, around the states in a sense like how do we get on well i guess we're on festivals but how do we hit like pockets like the you know somewhere i haven't heard drum and bass before like atlanta <laughs> I mean, that's a fascinating question. I mean, I've always kind of believed that by, like when I used to play a lot of other music, I would always play like 30 minutes of my set. Would The last 30 minutes would be drum and bass so that if they didn't like it, they could leave, but then people would stay, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's so tough. Like the right... <sighs> It's a tough balance between trying to get this to happen organically and like making the thing that we don't want happening to happen, where we end up getting all these people that aren't really there for it, just there because it's cool to them today. And then tomorrow Um, it's not, right? Just like the meat market aspect of clubbing is just like (laughs) the thing I don't ever want to see in drum and bass. like. I don't care if like fucking Kim Kardashian fans truly come to love and embrace drum and bass. Like I will embrace them back, but (laughs) I I can't even with the whole drum and bass has never been about an image. It's always just been about the pure sound and like it has to retain that to to retain its integrity. Can't can't we, can't we? (sighs) Well, I know why you guys say this. I'm just like, I wish there was a way. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm kind of with you on this because I used to think to I used to oh man I, who was I, who, I used to talk to some a friend of mine about this the deep house like the deep house parties in Buffalo like people go out and it wasn't like a big like glam fest but like it was kind of a sexy time like people would come out <laughs> Rigo, like man, the pretty bro. people come out right and we're like all right how do we get the pretty people to come out to drone bass shows and they're not like sketchy juggalo looking people. Like, you know what I mean? Like, no, it's hard. It's a hard thing. To, look, I get it, and I, it's a hard thing to do. You know what I mean? I'm, like, just, I'm saying, just saying, the just more like... people, the merrier. But you're right. I don't want those people in here either. I get it. Companies that have money give drum and bass the respect that it deserves. I think we have a way to achieve something like that. Like when the insomniacs of the world, when whoever has the money, insomniac, to present certain types of events where we don't need to have 2,500 tickets sold. We can have 300 tickets sold and that's fine. That, but it requires like a concerted effort from everyone involved in the industry across the board, including agents and managers and artists to not be greedy about what they want to get paid. Mm, like, agents. So many mm. of us. So it's to- not going to happen is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. kidding. I'm kidding. I think now more than ever, we have the opportunity to make it happen because drum and bass has such a loyal niche underground stable following. Imagine if, companies with money finally decided they could just deal with this and present this thing as a thing with a long-term plan to somehow like, I don't know, I don't know what the plan is. My plan was never had anything to do with making money. So I can't really justify all that on that. But if people could learn to just not be greedy, we could create a really self-sustaining industry like out of just having 300 person shows in different places. Mm. And this is so feasible and it just requires someone being willing to who has the money to put the money up to put the proper show on with the proper sound and the nice venue where it's not like there is a dress code in a, in a sense of you don't want to see people like smoking crack in the fucking lines, but like Jesus Christ, 
you know, like <laughs> so judgy. All, all right. Like, <laughs> when I played at Output, I that I was struck that that was one of the places. Oh, where Output Night. That was one of the most proper presentations of drum and bass that I've ever got to experience in the United uh -huh. States. Where Absolutely. I'm like, this is a dope sound system. There are like no fucking phones. Nobody's taking pictures to like make some social media bullshit. Except for me, but don't say nothing. But yeah. There's sounds. Yeah, some some people took some pictures, but like I'm saying, <laughs> they were not. It was not a thing where you're like CNBC. That's the aspect that we don't want. We don't want the meat market, the CNBC thing. People are coming there because they want to hear music that is fucking dope as shit and produced and to like the highest levels. Heard on a sound system that can accommodate this fucking dope shit. Okay, let me let me okay, let me real ask quick, you two two things. Uh, That's the golden child. Confusion. Thanks for the follow. Valiant, do not Nobody forget that. Whatever you're about to say, I I do want to point the nail on the hunk, on the head here. That is the biggest shift in what you said, and it wasn't even part of your main thing. It was the part where you said, "I don't think about it because I'm not here for the money," and that thing right there is the main component and literally everyone in drum and bass. And the second that that one person starts to do something and that switches, they run off and that's what they're doing. So we've ne we can't, we need someone who's already has the money, who doesn't, that's what I'm saying. Not like, concerned be the, with be it. The, and, be the patron of drum and bass. And that's a hard thing to ask, you know, in this take world. Take it off. Because once. We need the Clive Davis. No, we don't need a Clive Davis. Never mind. That was. Early Clive Davis, but not Quincy Jones. Yeah, Quincy Jones. All right. Even. So yeah. let me. Okay. So you are. There's there's two aspects of you that are going to play into what I'm about to ask you here. You are both a woman, and extremely well traveled as a touring DJ. You've seen a whole shitload of scenes. You've seen a whole shitload of rooms, um, and you've been doing it for a long time. That you've seen the many phases of drum and bass throughout North America, like change and stuff like that. So. I'm going to ask you two things because someone uh, brought it up in the chat. Number one, drum and bass is uh, not only a boys club when it comes to producers and promoters and things like that, but also when it comes to people who attend the shows. The other thing that I kind of want you to maybe drop some, some thoughts on is how can we get to the point in North America where people are going to come out to support domestic artists as opposed to just coming out to support the headline like the uk headliner people come out to support uk headliners they do Reed not come is out the, the answer same to numbers. that really Reed, Reed is Reed, one of the people that yeah. can transcend that like there's a, yeah. few, there's, a, there's a few people who can transcend that i've noticed over the past 20 years reed can these boy can there's a few that can but not i mean but the thing is though is like if you get like a this if you let's say uh flight from texas Right, he's you bring him for a, if you bring him for a show, it's a gamble. Still, are people going to come and come up? But yeah, I hear what you're saying. Well, hold up, but I know, I know. But like, but listen, what I'm saying is, at the same time, this is an artist who is on paper more accomplished than, say, your average regional DJ. But people aren't right. going to come out necessarily to support numbers. But if you brought some UK head that like hasn't really actually done a whole lot for drum and bass in 15, 20 years, but they're re they're like an old school head, people will come out in fucking droves. And I want to know what it's going to take for America. Americans to support Americans. And I also want to know what it's going to take to increase women, not just in the participation aspect, but also in the audience aspect. Of um, 
Before you answer that, I just want to say this, and y'all don't care. I asked me. the woman, but whatever. All right. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is how it goes right now. Let me let you know how it goes. Let nah, me pre-mansplain this whole situation. <laughs> Yo, hold on a second. No, nah, no, nah, let me stop. But don't kill me. But we are guests in drum and bass. All right, hold on. Oh, we'll, we'll, that's a whole other comment. Let her answer the first thing. Let her answer the first thing. Jesus Christ. Okay, I'm going to take that as my starting point. We are guests in drum and bass, but it seems like we have reached a tipping point in drum and bass where the UK labels finally realize they actually need the US in order to enact their business plans of what they're going to do. So they have started to put us on. Slowly but surely, we are getting the things that we were trying to get 20 years ago that no one was giving us the time of day and birthed all of dubstep. Now we're starting to get the little teeny tiny inroads. So as so this continues, it's like a twofold approach that we need to take in order for this to actually be a thing. One, people need to keep releasing. People like Flight, people like mm. my boy, Dr. Apollo, people like mm -hmm. a lot of people that are coming up right now um in the u.s that are getting on dope labels need to just keep doing all of that and the, as those labels put us on and put the new people on their profile grows it takes a long time like i always tell people who are getting into it be ready do not expect that you are going to even make any money off your drum My and bass give it 10 years it's a 10-year plan there's people who do it in under that but there are plenty who never even get to that point ever so but <laughs> But people are starting to do it faster. So that's part one is that the UK labels, the foreign labels are starting to recognize us and put us on. Great, that's fine. Part two is we need to become more supportive of our own, like the Play Me Records, like the labels that United States producers own. Like, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on any other US labels right now. But, oh, you're fine. Play Me, Play um, Me is it. Play Me, Play Me. <laughs> we have artists that are really dope in the US and the more that we support our own uh, labels and our own artists from around our country, that allows us to build our scene. Now, the more that you see people's names, then you start to be able to bring people for shows. So again, it goes back to you have to like be willing to take what your actual draw is. Like people can't be pushing to get more money because some agent like wants to make a certain amount of money on it. Like what should dictate the amount of money that anyone's going to get paid in a city is how many people are going to come to see you. And if you know that, if I know that if I go play in Seattle, 200 people are going to buy tickets guaranteed that I can sell $215 tickets, then that's, I'm not very good at math, but something like a $4,000 show. That's it. That's the fucking budget of the show. Like, People need to understand that. So if if they if people start doing things like that, where they actually understand, I'm going to throw a show and I'm only going to charge five dollars because I'm going to bring Flight out because he's new. He's not yeah. going to. He's only going to make five hundred dollars at the show. Maybe he's just like you know the first time he goes, he makes three hundred dollars because that's all that he can support. But that's what it's going to take. But then the next time that they bring him back, if he continues to have more releases in their and they're firing, consistent and he's right exactly. It grows the same way that all of these artists got to the place where we know of them right now. We can do that with any of us. It just and takes actually supporting it and not trying to throw a show and charge $20 to bring flight 
when you know he's only going to sell a $10 ticket. I'm just disclaimer. Disclaimer. Ruthie and Poutine is like, co-signing what Reed is saying, but we are right. using flight as an example, not actually saying that this is what flight makes. Also, we love you, flight. Tight, DJ Apollo. I feel that is all. This is a reason that I have been able to sustain my own career for so long because I've never had anyone who was like a big manager or any agent type give a fuck about me and my career. So I always told agents things like that I want to play certain shows because I want to play the show. And they, I've had agents that would argue with me and tell me, oh, I can get you twice as much money to play this other event for this other promoter. And I'm like, but this is the promoter that has the people who come to the fucking church of this, this music. This is the culture promoter. He's the guy That's that really culture. represents. Right. Only when you make a culture, are you able to monetize the culture? Like trying to sell people fucking bullshit, it doesn't work. Trying to sell them, only sell them fucking $30 tickets to bring Aphrodite, like again, for the 8,000th time, even though he has- Oh no. <laughs> yes. Yes, somebody is saying it. Doing this Stop shit. bringing him. It's not, help. no, you can bring him. But then when you have that show, room for put everyone. the dude from your city who's oh. on fucking Ram on the show. And highlight also, the facts. And also, we need to educate people to just go to, not just support the artist, not just support the label, but support your fucking town, too. It doesn't matter. Well, hold on. But that, <laughs> was, that was my question. Hold on. That was flipping. my question, Armani. That was my question. How do we get people to actually support their local? How do we get people to actually support things that are not necessarily the shiny, it's, gleaming, glittery covered headliner? It's education. You know what I mean? Good sound. I, how do we give educate them a people? safe space to congregate? Right. You give them, you let the locals participate in their yep. own scene. You let yep. people be active participants and draw yep. their own friends into it. You be inclusive instead of exclusive. Look, okay, we're so doing it. We're doing it here move, in Atlanta with the glass roof. Let's move that into it's a, it's a it's hold on. It's it's a it's a community effort too. It's not just one people yes. doing it. It's not here in Atlanta. We were trying to do it before COVID started. Is the one point where we all got together and we're like, all of us. There's five promoters on this on this on this flyer. Uh, there are people who are jumping in who have been in the scene for a long time, all pushing each other. It was about inclusion and making sure so that it didn't matter who the party was. It you're going to come out and just party because it's a party for drum and bass and that's all that mattered it didn't matter if it was a 1500 person room or a 300 person room we all were trying to work together and we'll hey. be continuing that when it starts back over but that's a, the a, education a good a good example of that and it's a pretty question for everybody here how did you feel when at the end of a night somebody comes up to you and says yo i don't know what this is but the way y'all was doing it this was amazing i'm coming back or whatever it is and they are you just created a, a not just a new fan, but a new person who's pretty much looking forward to hearing something different right now, and might even become something more worthwhile, valuable down the line. You get you get a hundred of those guys, you get a thousand of those guys, really. You know, like, you know, it's 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 water, fertilizer, sun, take care and nurture, do it again, repeat, repeat, and trust me, it's this is. This is for anything you're doing. If you run, if you're opening up a club, or you want to open a store, or you put your mind to it, you <clears> put <throat> the care into it, and you stay consistent. You will see something eventually. Oh, okay. Wait, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Because yeah, cool. part of my part of my question that I really wanted addressed um, wasn't wasn't we didn't get to it yet. So I want to get to that now. <laughs> we know that as we know that as guys, we have a dance floor full of dudes. 
that dance floor Lord. is going to be pretty cold. Not my party. So, oh, shut up. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm saying is like, well, look, we obviously have a, a, a severe shortage of women in the audience these days compared to like back in the earlier days. I have noticed it a little better lately. In Toronto, we've never had that problem as bad as a lot of other cities. Um, but if you look at, like I was just looking at, at my Spotify uh, statistics or whatever, and like 83% of the people who are listening to my music are male. And I would venture that maybe that it could be close to that proportion that comes out to drum and bass shows. And I'm wondering, what is the answer to increase representation in the audience? Not just like DJs and producers and so on. I'm talking about like in the audience. And as a very successful woman touring DJ who's seen a hell of a lot, how would you, how would you approach that? What is your appeal to the women pretty much? Like in that kind of sense, right? No, no, no. And I was your appeal to the women. Jesus just Christ. Just in general. Like... <laughs> the fucking worst mansplainer of all time, track. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I really, I do think that one of, one of the only ways, um, to get more women involved is to have more women, let the women fucking play the shows. Um, and without, without all this fucking judgment about what people are wearing, like that shit is so tiresome. Like, it doesn't matter if you feel comfortable, like covered, if you want to be sexy, don't give a shit, but women need to see other women doing the thing. I can't tell you how many women have come up to me over my lifetime and told me that I am the DJ that gave them the confidence to become a DJ, to seek their own path into doing music or whatever. And that I'm, I'm very grateful that I can be that for people, but then we need to let the next, we got to keep having more of this so that if you, the more women you put on that really know how to do the thing, not putting women on like as a token thing or anything. Like there are plenty of women. I'm part of a few um, groups. There's a collective called EQ 50 that's run out yeah, of London. Yeah, it's yeah. like, you Shout know, and Mantra and Storm and a lot of really awesome women that I met at Sun and Bass Woo. last year. And yes, they are really doing a lot of things like pushing labels yes. to do a mentorship program with a woman, um, holding contests to get women to submit their tracks and, and just put themselves out there. Because I think a lot of women do still feel intimidated in terms of they don't have a lot of people to talk to when they do try to ask, you know, male friends or whatever, if they're learning to produce, if they're learning to DJ, they get fucking mansplained. They get talked to like they're fucking ding-dongs. And like, it's a real turnoff to a lot of women. They feel very unwelcome when instead of like, if a dude finds out his dude friend wants to be a DJ, he's going to be like, bro, let's have a sesh, bro. <laughs> bro it's always like some other shit. They always have to be don't sound like that. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, you, it's just, it's, it can't be about tokenism. It has to be about acceptance and it ha like the mansplaining really needs to stop. Women need to feel comfortable going to guys to show them their tracks, to get feedback to, and without having someone think they're sleeping with someone cause they got feedback on a tune or they like did a DJ set. Like there's so much shit that goes into like, it, it's not fair that women have to be so more, so much more tough than guys about all the things that will get flung at them. It's very unfair. And, it, it, you know, 
the more that guys can do things like hold sexual predators that you know accountable, the shit like that, you'd be so surprised like how many bad experiences women have had in the scene with dudes, with famous dudes, with promoter dudes, with all of these people where it ends up cutting short a woman who was trying to do something because something happened and she, if she told someone they didn't take her seriously or they said she was crazy or they blacklisted her or they just kept supporting the dude anyway and didn't care. Like the whole culture needs to shift in a way that that detokenizes women. Like women are not here to be go-go dancers exclusively or whatever. And if they are, if they want to be a go-go dancer, like more power to them. Right. That's not, that doesn't make them like an object that you can. Right. It doesn't make them lower or anything. They are actually part of the entertainment. So why would you? Right. Just like women DJs. Like you don't know how many times I've been like touched inappropriately by fucking dudes, promoters, other artists, just because I am a woman in their space. And and they wanted to, maybe in many cases, they were being well-meaning and they're being friendly, but it's like they never account for the fact of how, ugh, like being a woman is so gross in life and being a woman in a club where people are fucked up and inebriated at all hours of the night can be even more intimidating. So just men holding other men's behavior accountable. If you see your friend like touching a woman's waist in a way where he doesn't know her, like say something, don't be, don't be afraid to tell your friend like, Hey man, like, you know, you just waited to so-and-so out. What are you doing? Pretty much. Yeah. Long like, why, do you know her? Like, don't, why are you right. touching her? Like she doesn't like ask the woman if she's okay. And sometimes you may get the wrong reaction, whatever. Like there's no perfect way to be an ally, but men being fucking allies and taking women seriously and not fucking talking down to us and not mansplaining, not overtouching so many things, little micro things can be done to make women feel more included where then they're going to grow up because they will see themselves reflected. And, and by the way, respected. And by the way, I didn't bring this up, by the way, as like kind of like the token question for the token lady on the show. No, I okay. really I really I, I really just wanted to bring this up just for the benefit of the viewers, it's, because I feel like honestly, one of the most important voices in the stateside scene is here with us. What she says will be heard. 100%. Not just that, though, and to piggyback off of both of what right. you said, but I think what reads even. I'm not going to, that sounds like a mansplaining. So let me, let me say that to me as a man listening to this and stepping back and shutting my mouth while you talk, it shouldn't even have to take someone of your stature to say this. This should be the norm. It's almost like the same conversation I'm having with Black Lives Matter and justice should be normal. Arresting right. people shouldn't be a gift. Right. This isn't a, you know what I mean? Like it shouldn't have to take one of the most influential women to come on our podcast and and spit truth bombs like that for us to be like, oh yeah, you're right. Like no it's like that should be regulars, but we do appreciate you being here. And that's the other thing too is you have been at the forefront, you know. Um, I you've mean, never even taken it like that too. I don't think you 
uh, and not from the way I've seen it. And maybe that's just a testament to the way you carry yourself. It's never been, I'm a woman doing this major thing. You were just out there handling your fucking shit like you're supposed to and like kept it moving. So like even when these conversations that came up about people not getting credit and you step behind those movements, it was never in a sense like I didn't get my just dues. Like we know you worked your fucking ass off to get to where you are. And that type of shit resonates without, you know what I mean? I, I want to say, right. I want to say somewhere along that golden era, we had read alongside a couple of really, we had a lot of women, amazing women that was DJing. Uh, Dude, we yeah. had like ten women in the right. late nineties. We had ten yes. active female drum and bass DJs that were that were murdering, them. not that bullshit. Was, it was yeah. great, and people yeah. it, like promoters tried to pit us against each other all the time, and it was like, but it didn't matter. Right. We we're all doing our thing. Everyone was getting booked because they had skills. And then like you, know, you DJ rap storm for God's sakes is like, like one of my favorite people in the world. Like it was just like, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. Because, you got it. But even here in Stateside, we had uh what a uh, member uh, crunchy used to be around for yeah. a minute. Uh, uh, Empress, we'll give Empress a shout shout to Empress. Uh, Jenna. One uh, Shorty. Yeah. Uh, oh, Doomer. I haven't heard. I haven't Doomer. Heard Carol C is still killing it as a vocalist. Carol C, yes. who, who is an amazing uh, vocalist as oh, well, wait. killing it. Uh, Audio Angel, we, we're going to jump into the vocalist. What was uh, homegirl that lived in uh, New oh, England yeah. that passed away uh, last year? I forgot her name, man. I'm really mad. I can't remember her name. From New England. Uh, oh, um, Trixie. Trixie. Yeah. Amazing yes, DJ. Amazing DJ. And, Shorty. Uh, yeah, you know, there, there um, was the chat. The chat's blowing up too. Yeah, let them all know. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah. Let let hey, chatty. Let's let us. If you forgot any names that we need to mention here, do bring them up. Let us know, because uh, like Sage, Sarah. Oh, Sage, hell yeah. Oh yeah, San Francisco uh, is. San Francisco had like the Sierra, uh, the um, Sister SF. Mm -hmm. Um, Roxanne and Electra. A collective back then. Yeah. yeah. Back in the day, there were so many women doing the thing, and then. Yeah, yeah just shout out Shannon Swain. Too many. Shannon Swain. The whole CD market, we were all like getting, we had like these CDs and then there was like mixed CDs and then the whole CD market collapsed. And then it was like only certain people made it through that. Such as yourself. What was the name of the CD? Resonance, right? Resonance. And then I did Life After Dark. Life After and Dark. I did like a bunch more. I did one on Moist Music and I did another one on BML. I did a bunch of CDs. Yeah, you've been around yeah. for a bit. You, you've done some things. Many you sent me some music, too. All of the things. Now you I've sent, done you sent me some music. Since you shout out, she shouted out the, the homie Dr. Apollo earlier. Oh, um, yeah. Dr. Apollo, what up? You did send me some music. You did. Uh, you want an intro? This is the both of you, right? Well, the, the, the one tune that is called Ion, and it is the remix by Sarah Mora and Vince by Vince, that is, we held a, sort of like a remix contest hosted by Icon Collective, the production school, and we picked uh, a winner of the contest of our, to remix our tune, and this is the winner of that remix contest, and it's dropping, I don't know, in like a month on Play Me. 
Quick, so uh, quick disclaimer: If you want to hear it, you mute your screen and unmute the actual Twitch. I've had to switch computers today, so the audio thing it it never computer. works up until today when I went to go fix it and work it, and then I messed it up before the show started. <laughs> so I had to transfer everything over to this computer, and I'm saying that on air because I don't give a flying fuck because y'all know how we do at this point. But um, if you do want to hear this, <laughs> just mute your screen. We'll play it on Twitch. But this is uh, Doctor Apollo and Reed Speed. This one's called Ion. You want to hear it? Here it comes. Exclusive. Exclusive. Roti and Poutine every Thursday night, 10 p.m., 7 p.m. Pacific. You got the special guest, Reed Speed. You were live and direct with the Armani Rain. Valiant MC, the T.R.A.C. Big up in the chat. Dr. Apollo's in the chat. Few moments later. Chat's going crazy right now. That's dope. So that's a brand new one. You said that's coming out in like a month? Something like that. It's not like that. So I'm not sure. I have to look at the schedule to actually tell you the answer to that. Okay. <laughs> we it's won't been hold a you long to day. it. We won't hold you to it. No, no, I understand. For all of us. I uh, pre-op stuff so, uh, today. That was fun. Has COVID slowed up the business a bit for you as well, or is it? Uh, has it been more people checking in on listens? She or? had to take a sip of water before she answered. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it hasn't been like. I feel like I've had a very um, outlier COVID experience where I, prior to COVID, I used to spend my days sitting in this room, like producing and doing other shit. Now, during COVID, I sit in this room and I do my job at Apple during the day and like do music stuff on nights and weekends. I stream like almost every weekend. It's been so much fun, but I don't feel any pressure. I don't have... I have been so fortunate to not have any financial pressure from this pandemic. Like I've been gainfully employed the entire time nice. and it never happened. And nice. I sit in my house and work from my house every day. <clears throat> it's like hey, a but, beautiful day. Uh, so so I, I brought it up in the chat. So a couple of people have asked uh, where your DJ name came from. Ah, the, the infamous origin oh, story. Me and Reed used to race all the time. And she's <laughs> like, oh, on your mark? No, I'll stop. Uh, so back in New York, when I started DJing, there was this DJ named Darkstar, and he was probably like my first Follows. DJ friend in the New York City scene. Like I met him because of what the day that I, I already had tapes of his. I was like a fan in a casual DJ, way. Like, really bad, I didn't like, know what oh, he looked oh. like or anything, but I had mixtapes of it. I bought his tape. And then the day I bought my turntables, I took them to Satellite Records because I didn't know how to like assemble something. And I knew Scott. Scott always talked to me. Scott, one of the owners of Satellite. Um, mm -hmm. So I brought them there and was like, yo, can you guys help me? And he directed Carlos to help me. And I didn't wow. realize. And he kind of made this whole funny thing about it and then like told me that it was him. And then basically like invited me to join his weird like dj crew but it was kind of just a lie and he was really mean and <laughs> it, it didn't really work out <laughs> but he was like the one he what, what i used to hang out around his friends i was still in high school at the time and i would just like hang around him and his friends because i didn't have any friends that were into raving or djing or anything where i lived and i would go hang out with them 
And he, he would always like say that he was gonna let me DJ and practice with them, but he never did. He would like make all these weird rules. He like put the turntables up on these milk crates so I couldn't see them. And he's like, well, in the club, it's gonna be like that. But he taught me some really important shit, which was like, you need to learn how to do the pitch control with both hands, never touch the record. Like, because mm-hmm. people will be like pushing it to correct it. And he's like, don't do that. Like, if you touch the record, I'm gonna like whap you with a ruler. <laughs> Dad, you son. <laughs> wow. Like, and and yeah, so I don't know. So yeah, just he just like taught me all this shit about stuff, even though he never let me practice with him. And then like when I would be walking around, I was always so excited. And I'm just kind of a spaz. And he was like, whatever. Basically, like you you walk and you talk and you do everything so fast. You're like really annoying. You need to slow down. Like you need to stop. You do everything at read speed. And that that was like that was the beginning. That was the name. Like, and I wish so it was a cooler came. story, but. <laughs> it's like the beginning of every kung fu film. Every. every. <laughs> <laughs> like, like Do not touch the decks. Like, it fits, you know? That's fire. So, you've got Super Plans coming up, yeah? You've got anything you want to super promote? I know you've got a bunch of artists under your wing that you're, you're pushing right now. Anything, anything in particular you're excited about? I'm, I'm always excited about the new people you bring up. Yeah. yeah, I have so much shit that I'm excited about, and I always forget. We got um, two minutes. I'm just silly. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, yeah, no, 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 I can't. I'm not gonna be able to answer that because I didn't write it all down beforehand. And we literally have so much stuff. I'm gonna like mess it up. We have so many like good artists though. Oh, oh yeah, well, play me is busy, is what she's saying, yeah, and everybody on play me is gonna get played. You know what I mean? We have a lot of drum and bass coming out. We have like, like right. Tobax and Pico and oh God, I don't know how to say their name. Pico and no. Picota? Picota? Fuck. I'm so like, put me on the spot, Picota. I think, I think they're in the chat the rooms now. No, no, I'll play. They're out of the chat. Not even no, we got some tunes from them that are really sick. Um, we have more stuff with like me and Dr. Apollo. We've got uh, uh, Airglow and Exile. Hey, yo, that um, Airglow kid producers. is fire. What? That Airglow kid is fire. Yeah, he's yeah. super sick. Um, Rebel <clears throat> Scum. Um, Same. He's in Seattle. Um, and then I'm going to be putting the BBC mix on SoundCloud. So people Pretty should go soon. listen to it over there. Like, SoundCloud. Uh, I'm going to be putting a lot of sets. I've been doing a bunch of sets during quarantine and I'm going to be putting them online coming up pretty soon. And do you have a stream schedule? No. Okay. That's no, fine. It, <laughs> it wasn't a, <laughs> That was kind of judging him. Yeah, the stream schedule. Hey, speaking speaking of streams, man. Speak streams, though, Reed. I've been meaning to say this for like the longest. I I mean, I don't know what you're doing with awards, but you need to win the best green screen I've ever seen. Award. (laughs) I mean, I don't know whoever called. I forgot what show it was. I think it, it wasn't a hospital, but it was something big. And I was just blown away at what was going on behind you because I was literally ducking like, yo, look out. And it was like, look out, look out. Like the best. We have, I have a bunch of different people that have done stuff. And my husband, Alex, runs all the visuals and he 
put together some of the stuff, but I'm curious which ones you're talking about. Shout out. Oh, uh, man, I can't. It was so it was one of the first Twitch streams that like happened. The before one where it looked all like in the in the void with all the crazy. Just yeah, like, like yeah, it was, was madness. Um, um, Wild Boys, my our graphic designer for Play Me, he had that made for some shit that he did that he never used it for. Wow. All like, I know is that I must have typed in the room, green screen is crazy. <laughs> it was the best green screen. I had to, yo, did you see the green screen that Reed had up the other day? Wow. I, I always laugh with Reed because anytime she goes like super in on the visuals, they're like way OP. And it's, just, it's, just, it's just like, Jesus, who spent the time? Some of them is art that I made at Serge's house. I don't know. I, th I think I thought I saw Serge. That's the Van yeah. Draw Me Thursdays. He like made he made these amazing videos of like taking things of art that I made at his house. Yeah, I have all right. this art that I mean, one day we're gonna do a show like a gallery show of all this crazy art. <laughs> yeah, that's right, man. Yeah, I, I, I've I've seen some of that stuff. We gotta yeah. speak that into existence so that it actually happens. Let's do it. Manifest, yes. manifest it. The liquid set. One day we'll make it. We'll make a liquid set. Yes. Yeah. Sheesh. I like when Reed plays liquid. Oh boy, everybody's gonna I'm look sure. at me crazy. I didn't mean. Yo, y'all gonna stop trash talking liquid, dude? <laughs> that's just gotta stop. I'm done with it. Hey, liquid. I don't that's understand it. I'm like, who it's doesn't liquid. like? I mean, besides my husband, he really hates it. I don't get it. <laughs> well, what kind of liquid are we talking about here? Are we, we talking, talking about like that oh, festival we stuff? See, we talking we're about people we hate. If let's break the problem. let's break the subgenre down to more subgenres. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fun fact for the thing to leave you with. So, in my drum and bass stick folder on my USB, I have forty-two subfolders of all the subgenres of drum and bass. Oh my god! From lightest to hardest subcategorized by rollers and steppers Jesus. oh my god so wow. we have liquid rollers liquid steppers but if it has no vocals it goes into deep rollers and deep steppers upset by all this so anyway <laughs> we got one last tune to play and we'll let you get out of here this one is called medusa uh this is myself and selecta it's a collab and it's more oh. of like a um a halftime slash fast dubstep track. Fast dubstep, people, stand up. I want to see your lighters. <laughs> All fast up, report to the chat. That will make me laugh every time. <laughs> every time. I went from a techno MC to the dude who raps over fast dubstep, and I'm just like, I can't win. I don't understand. <laughs> anyway, here's the tune. This one's called Medusa. Medusa. <laughs> Medusa from Selecta and the one and only Reed Speed. Rotine Poutine. <laughs> You're listening to Roti and Poutine, special guest, the very, very special Reed Speed. The MC Valiant, the T.R.A.C.I.M. The MC Armani Rain. Big up to the chat. Thank you for being here. We'll be up on YouTube. A few moments later. Superfire. That was called Medusa. Selector Reed Speed. $17 to my snack uh, cash app. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs>
I can make those jokes. How can I get a Reed Speed remix? I wouldn't hold your breath and wait for that one. <laughs> <laughs> it would probably take me like two years. Oh, NYC. Shout out to DJ IQ up in here. I see you, brother. What? Yo, man. Shout out to everybody. There's a whole bunch of people in the There's chat. There's like today. you. Yeah, NYC. NYC, Mr. Remix Oscar. Hey, uh, real quick. Um, you 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 did a another accidental blast to the past, man. That cat looks exactly like the first cat I ever owned as a small child. We we named him Snowball. That looks like your cat. Well, I had a cat when I was young, like like yeah, I was never little. I've, I've been six five since I was three. Um, <laughs> <laughs> was that tall kid in the back of the class? Yeah, it was it was weird for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Why does this eight-year-old have a goatee? Um, just kidding. In a lineup. I, didn't the, I didn't get this goatee. So I was goatee like 20, in the lineup. <laughs> it was mad annoying. Um, but yeah, yeah, we had a cat named Snowball. Rest in peace. Snowball, <laughs> nice name for for the uh, white yeah, nice we furry real, cat. We real creative. How, how many snowballs do they have in the Simpsons? And they have like eight snowballs. That's why we named it Snowball. I'm saying. I'm just. Didn't they have like a like a bunch? Yeah. They actually named I stopped, I stopped watching The Simpsons after like season seven or something. They would call them like Snowball. I mean, it's eight. a cartoon, so like they're all still in like third grade, right? Still to this day. Still, still, still right? just grow up. It's weird at this point. I remember when I was a kid, I think I was a kid. Yeah, I think. No, no. I'm sorry. It took place when I was an adult, but Big Bird turned seven mm. on Sesame Street. They had like a, a birthday party for him and everything. And he was always saying when I was a kid when he used to watch Sesame Street, I'm six. I was like, you've been six a long time, and then one day he turned seven. <laughs> you guys are mean. It's like that suspended reality of the fictional shows. This is why Valiant has trust issues. Oh, uh, that, that, that was hard. You've been six for a long time. <laughs> Somebody out this bitch lying. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that tune was super fire. When's the, do you have a due date on that, or am I putting you on the spot again? Me? Yeah, yes, I didn't. A due date yes. for what? The, the tune we just we want you to be we're talking injury. about cats and birds and shit you know what i'm saying and we just duty for my I, cat i wait till you're in the Lord. chat and then i ask you a serious question you know what i'm saying it's just yeah <laughs> sorry what was the question <laughs> we are so professional here it's fantastic <laughs> no the tune we just played medusa oh that tune that's already out Oh, I knew that. See? This Sorry. Is around that was like my last release on Play Me. I did not check that, but now we just checked it. And now you can go Play. check it too, ladies and gentlemen. Head to your favorite DSP and do your thing. So, uh, yeah, we're going to wrap it up. I don't want to keep you too long. You can stay as long as you like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I know you've had a very long day. I have had a long day, and I really need to eat dinner because I... You haven't eaten dinner? No. Why would I have done that? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, no, I feel bad. It wasn't like a knock on you for not eating. Hey, yo, relax. <laughs> We're friends, damn it. No, I'm good. I'm fine. I just like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go eat the food and then I'm gonna go on a bike ride. Oh, I'm over here laughing, going, yo. We over here asking about food to eat when she dies and stuff. We, oh man. Yeah, like we was just mad. Like went on a food talk for like a really. And now we're over talking while you still. <laughs> Having I'm going so, to eat. She's trapped. This is Reed, I'm sorry for fighting about. What kind of fucking friends are we? <laughs> this is terrible. So, like, what are you going to do after that? 
No, just kidding. Uh, we really appreciate you coming through, man. We can't give you enough flowers. You have been representing in the scene oh for God. such a long time. You've been a very vocal um, and and independent, strong, bringing up people underneath of you. Play Me Records has been brought through so many. You've blessed me with, with the ability to drop tunes and releases. You've given me a platform and so many others. So we thank you for that. And thank you for joining us tonight and hanging out. It's always thank a pleasure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I appreciate so clap. Everyone That's love, Reed. Everyone clap in the chat. You are the one. We, we can see if you're clapping or not. What'd you say? I said, sorry, I don't like poutine. Oh, uh, that's Valiant's thing. It's we'll put so we'll make we'll make uh, what's that? We we'll put that chocolate frosty over the top and call it make a special poutine. You just made it worse. That? That's foul. I don't want what the in fuck? frosty. What the chocolate fuck? Chocolate frosty, frosty the and French fries. No, bro. dude, just a plain no. old fr- French fries. Ice cream, ice cream, not frosting. Not frosting wouldn't be bad, but like that's not the same thing. I mean, however y'all eat it, you know. Whatever the Wendy's eat, Wendy's frosty out. is what you're. Th- I think you're frosty. trying to say. So it's frosty. You've never been to Wendy's. You don't know what a frosty is. Not. Yo, let uh, them let the let the woman let the woman go eat. Yeah. Frosty and fries is the business. Well, I love you guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for sitting here. Thanks everyone in the chat for chatting with us. IQ. What up? I know I don't see anyone else, and I'm out. Trillion right. people on there. Trillion. Yeah. A literal like the other read says hi it seems the, okay. there's a lieutenant read in there miles said hello as well i don't know if you saw him in there mj yeah. mj's back in the chat big up homie hope you're doing Salute, well mj hi, yeah, yeah. hi mj Bye, Sean. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great night, Reed. Thank you. Love you, Reed. Thank you. Oh, Loved it so much, I dropped it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk oh, soon. Damn, how do I even turn this off, though? I don't know. There's a, uh, I could, you know, I could kick you out if you want. There you oh, go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Oh, right. Ladies and gentlemen. That was, that was, that was fun. She's well, always, that was, she's always that was a cracker. Yeah, man. That was she's that was po- fine. She no punches, and she shouldn't. And, you know. Yeah, she's not going to hold back, especially after Ever. all the stuff. You know, yeah, you know. We needed that, and I think people needed to hear that. On top of everything else that we're doing, I think we're doing an absolute service for all stateside heads, especially. You know what I'm saying? A lot of these guys who be in action, some have mythical stories. Some people never really met them. You only see them on stage. And when we get a chance to just show the humanity in them, you know, I think it makes them that much more lovable in the end, no matter who they are. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, it's it's, it's fun for Reed too because she's uh-huh. like that all the time. So it's, <laughs> it's like there's no, you know, what mm-hmm. I mean, if you've ever paid any attention to anything she's ever had to say, yeah, she's, she she's will been the same yeah, person. Got some, yeah, yeah, she's never changed, yes. and she yeah. never will. And it's awesome. So. Oof. Some real guys who came through. Thank you for everybody in the chat. There is actually too many names for me to name right now, but they are from mm-hmm. all over. So shout out from the east to the west and the UK and anywhere else in the world tuning in right now. We uh, I think we're doing all right, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, can't thank everybody in the chat enough. Shout out everybody east to west, all across seas who've been tuning in. Um, you guys have been making noise, not just us. You know what I mean? There are people <laughs> hitting us up and understanding what we're doing and shutting us, shutting love. We got people lined Thank up you. to come in, and that's not on some brag talk. That's grateful. That's that's grateful. You know, what yeah, I'm saying? Like, absolutely I'm honored that um, anyone's even paying attention. So um, I'm glad that we can bring this content. Hopefully, bring you guys a smile in these these very very strange times. Um, we have 
considerably talk the political talk down a bit. <laughs> was considerably. A bit, it's been intentional. Uh, <laughs> no, don't do it. Anyway, so we really appreciate y'all coming through, man. We hope you can be your mental oasis in the birth is coming after Kamal. Anyway. <laughs> Yo, also real quick, we got we're going to we got some channels for you to catch these replays on audio. Yeah. We're gonna have the YouTube channel set up pretty soon. So I have know. merch too. I was gonna show y'all, but it's on the other computer. But we'll yeah, work yeah, that out. Yeah, so yeah, next yeah. Next show any... coming up. We got a lot of things, uh and uh, honestly we enjoy doing this. So I speak for everybody by saying thank you again. And tune in next week because we next week is heavy. We got a we they're all heavy. But we got everyone a, everyone in the chat needs to search for OT and Putin on YouTube and, and follow or subscribe. Is it follow or subscribe? See, this is shows you what I know about YouTube. Wow. Subscribe on YouTube. I know, I know it's late. Uh, wow. And if it's you, literally and if you're... the first thing every YouTuber says ever. Please follow and subscribe. <laughs> like, subscribe, and hit the notification oh. button. All right. So you get all right. That. Jesus. Okay. You made me all say right. the thing I never okay. wanted to say. Anyway, all right. you can go to our YouTube <laughs> all right. right now. The Goldie all episode right. is up. Rosie and Putin <laughs> just just search it once we get 100 subscribers we will actually have our own personal domain name so the more followers yeah. the merrier we would super appreciate it uh, the Goldie episode is up I will have more episodes yeah. up very 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 soon I have been busy with doctors and shit so sorry and then uh, <laughs> lurk for uh, Valiant MC Radio on SoundCloud that's where I'm hosting the episode hey. the audio version Vandal thank you for the follow big up okay. um, so that you'll be able to listen to it on your favorite podcast platform so yeah, yeah. And, uh, uh, pay attention to re-recordings. We're dropping the next single again. Gang gang. Uh, waiting on the day. We got pretty much two, two or three more months of single drops, and then we're going to do something really special for y'all. Don't want to speak too fast until I actually see it. God damn it! But it's. Right. Uh, <laughs> I think you guys will love what's coming up in the future, amongst the many other things. So, uh, you know, big ups to you guys. Stay Thank tuned. you so very much, everybody. You guys have a wonderful night. Remember, mental health is, is not something to be taken as a joke. If you feel something, you need to say something, please do it for the sake. If you need to, hit one of us up in the DM. Uh, in the meantime, stay safe, take care of yourselves and each other. We super, super love y'all. Thank you so very much. Realty and Poutine. I was about to hit the wrong shit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Can't do nothing right.